0: And welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And this week, my guest is Baron Johnson. She's a serial entrepreneur, a momager, personal development coach, and owner of the evolution of a black butterfly. She's based in California, and her holistic approach brings clarity, direction, and positive support for her clients. Farron has over 25 years of personal and educational experience in the areas of grief, business, education, and general life, along with degrees in social work and chemical dependency. Farron meets clients where they are in life and walks side-by-side, providing them with tips and tools, along with holding them accountable to goals and dreams they have identified. In doing so, Farron's approach ignites healing, encouragement, inspiration, and empowerment. In turn, clients are able to chip away the darkness that has caused their light to dim and release the light from within to be all that they were created to be. Everybody, please welcome Farron. Oh, my gosh. I have been trying to get this woman on my podcast for, gosh, months now. And now we are finally here. So tell us about your fearless female journey.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. It has been quite a journey, um, especially, say these last six years of my life, so to speak, losing my father having um we were supposed to connect we were supposed to have this podcast a couple months ago and I actually had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. um which was so crazy because I like posted it on social media literally I was so big like they were thinking I was gonna have multiples and the day like I did a poll on TikTok like (laughs) I got so many views and so many like votes to see if I was having multiples and then I go in and there wasn't no a heartbeat.
0: Oh.
1: So yeah, that was um that was a lot. Um that right there was, I feel like a defining moment for me because when I, I heard that, like I got so angry with God. So angry. And um I got home, my husband had already did like a uh, put out an APB, like mom, <laughs> and some things aren't right. So I got home, like the kids were making my favorite salad, like everything was cool. And I just when in my I have um a walk-in closet that I have created to be a war room for me. So I mm. go pray or just escape from my family because
0: <laughs> sometimes you need that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and I've I just sat down and I cried out and prayed to God, like, God, this can't be this can't be happening again. I can't go into complex grief again. And at that moment I just had this. Calmness in my spirit. Like it was like, no, you're not. And this is a choice for you. And so, although it's only been a couple of months that this has happened, then I actually had another miscarriage, which was crazy. Mm. So, two within the last 10 months. Wow. Um, and I was able to use those moments and those hurtful moments to be able to help others who reached out to me, like, girl, I think I'm having a miscarriage. you are like, oh my God, you sharing your story. Um, but I share that at first because that was. Like I really thought your girl was going backwards when that happened. Like I just knew that I was not gonna be this fan that you see all the time on TikTok <laughs> or just social media. Um yeah. And that all sparked from like I said, six years ago, my father fi- I got a call from my dad and he said, like I'm in the hospital, and something's going on. And I said, Okay, well, I'm rushing there. I'm only child. Well. Actually, I'm no longer an only child. Discovered my daddy had two kids. And wow. Great relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like I go to him and um, I was able to actually go through the entire journey with him. Like, There was no warning signs, um, no sickness prior, but like, boom, stage four metastatic cancer. You got six months. I was like, what? What? What happened? Like. Don't you get like I, I had an aunt who um had cancer, so she went through chemo, she went through a lot of different things, and so I'm thinking cancer because I've never had anyone firsthand experience that and they were like, Yeah, it's all over his body. I'm like, What? He didn't have a sickness, like nothing. And my father, although he he was interesting, <laughs> so like he was like he was him, like he was in the streets, he was going in and out to prison, but he was my best friend. Like I mm. can always count on him for any, even him being away, like he has always been my support system. And so, and a believer, like he taught me about my relationship with God and just having that relationship, even when you're not at your best, God still loves you. And yeah. so me seeing that him having that relationship and then him being diagnosed with cancer. he was like, it's okay. God's gonna save me. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. With this smile. Okay. And in my heart, like it, it wasn't gonna happen, but I, for two months, my father or my father came and moved with me. So I experienced going to his doctor's appointment, literally, I don't know why they allowed this, but they did. Like I was right in the Room with him when they had to put tubes down his throat, or like, dear, like I was like there holding his hand, like. Oh. But he was like, "No, my daughter needs to be here." Like he had that. I don't know if it was charisma, like he just, and he was a short man, but like people just loved <laughs> him. Was like, "Well, she's his, his guardian angel, so he has to be right here." And that just that right there broke me, and I didn't realize that as my father was fading away in those two months that. I was also fading away. I, even though I kept a smile for him, and he fought like he he. We have to like hide food because he's like, well, if I gain weight, then I can just get go do chemo, and like you need keep me on life support forever. No, so like <laughs> him passing away was like a hole in my heart.
0: Yeah,
1: a complete hole in my heart because now my best friend is gone. Like my support system, my number one cheerleader. I don't get those three and four a.m. calls or texts to be like you're the best starter ever and you're beautiful. Like, mm. could you leave me alone? I gotta go to work. But no, I miss <laughs> those things. Yeah, but that 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 broke your girl. Like, it it broke me to where there were times where I couldn't get off the couch. Um, yeah. I was in a catatonic state. I, I had a bereavement. I have social work background, as you read, but it just it broke me. I hated God. I curse God and I like God. I just want to die right now. Like yeah. why did I have to watch this? Why did I have to
0: go through I this? Have
1: to experience this.
0: Yeah. Grief yeah. is a is a is a sticky emotion. Um, it's crazy because everybody goes through grief differently. And I also think it affects you differently. It depends on like how big of a relationship you had with the person. Mm -hmm. So if you were close, it's gonna obviously hurt so much more than if it was like your aunt, you know, Lola, who you never spoke to or saw. But grief is a sticky emotion. You go through so many different like anger and bitterness and um, just confusion, sorrow, just complete depression. I did the same thing when my father passed away. I lost so much weight, like my clothes were hanging off my body, people thought that I was like anorexic, and I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, I, I too was angry at God, because my father didn't have show any sickness either, it was like, he was perfectly fine, he went into the hospital, never came out, and it just was very, very hard, like just all these emotions go through you, all these shoulda, coulda, woulda, like all the times he invited you to dinner, and you were like, no, I'm busy. You have all this regret and all this, like, there's so many emotions to go through with grief, but I don't think there is a timeline on how long you should grieve a person. And I think because so many people, like when someone finds out someone died in your family, it's almost like they don't want anything to do with you. They, they tell you, like, I'm sorry for your loss. And then they just kind of like retreat because they don't want to catch whatever it is you you're you have, which is sorrow and pain and hurt and all the emotions. And they kind of retreat from you. And then you're just kind of alone. And then when you're alone, you have all these negative thoughts that like just keep you in that grief and that depression and that sorrow. And But it's good that you are doing this kind of grief counseling because so many people out there need just like a comforting space to talk about their feelings and talk about their loss, you know, the loved one that they lost and the relationship and the memories. They just want someone to feel the feelings that they're feeling during this painful time.
1: Yes. And that was for me. Um, so I also had my daughter was going into her senior year. I had kids. I had a husband who literally just came home because he went to prison and you know and it just was like our lives got turned upside down and I just have vowed made a vow to myself like I went to bed one day like I active, user, a functioning user. Um, So I would get lit. I would drink. Gambling was my thing. We go to the casino. We're lit because that was my escape. If I wasn't doing that, then I would put this mask on for my kids and show up to be the super mom that yeah. volunteered. And then when I went home, my door was closed. And so there was, you're right. There's not people who come and check in on you. They think you vote. You have the service. Like someone gets sick, you have a service, and then that's it. But I didn't realize that there was this thing called complex grief or that there's many, I think there's like 12 different forms of grief. And so you don't know, you don't know unless you've gone through it or had someone to go through those things prior to you. And so I didn't have anybody at all. And I just had to make the choice. I went to bed one night and I was like, Lord, I just need you to take me. Now, I don't Mm. like you. I hate you. And obviously you hate me. Okay. Yeah. Guess, why did I have to deal with this so just end it now and um, oh my god I can't
0: even tell you how many times I asked God for the same because <laughs> the pain is so unbearable yeah. the pain of losing someone that you love is so unbearable it's a different kind of pain it's not like a breakup kind of pain because you know they're alive they're somewhere out there but like knowing that they're not Physically with you, they're there. I believe that they're because I don't believe that energy ceases to exist. And we're all energy. But I but to not physically be able to hold them, touch them, hug them, you know, kiss them, tell them that you love them is is very, I I can't even explain the, the pain, unless you've experienced a a death of a loved one you can't you can't even relay the words to explain the extreme pain that you feel it almost feels like there's a a giant truck just sitting on top of your chest
1: that is exactly what it feels like and so I had like when God awoke I was like oh oh, I'm still alive okay so (laughs) what are we gonna do yeah (laughs) I said okay i You don't want me to end it all. So I just literally started to use the tools that I've learned and that I used to teach my own clients um, with depression and anxiety um, on top of me attending groups, which was really, really helpful for me. I went to the Dollar Tree, got me some sticky notes, got me a poster board, got markers. And I would literally, every morning I would wake up, I would say, okay, I woke up today. I made my bed today. I brushed my teeth today. Like those things and put up they were all over my room until when my kids would come in because they're like, what's going on, Mommy? Like is she okay? Is she, you know, and, and I wasn't okay. And I honestly thought that me separating myself from my family and locking myself in my room that that was helpful for them because oh, if they didn't see it then it was okay. Yeah. But now I know that it was worse. And so, of course, we go through all those emotions. And so not only was I feeling guilt of what I could have, should have, would have for my dad or spending time with them. Then I started grieving my kids and Mm. feeling like, oh, my God, I lost so much time. And that's why I talk about them a lot. And I share different things because we've been through it, you know. And so to watch someone, like you said, who to go through grief. Like you don't know that pain until you know that pain. And yeah. there's no time limit on it at all. You can yeah. smell something, you can hear mm-hmm. something, and you feel like, oh no, I'm back to square one, which is why I shared about the miscarriages because I felt like I'm back to square one. And God said, No, you're not. Mm-mm. You yeah. you're not. You you did you did the best that you could then. And so now you have tools to get you through this. And so yeah. I start pouring myself out my business on social media to be able and my clients to be able to help others. Like my goal was to turn my pain into passion so that I can be the person I wish I had. Cause I had people who would pray for me or I had a cousin who would say, Oh, you can, you know, let's, you can get through this. But like, no, nah, you don't know. Like you said, like this truck just sitting on my heart. How do you get through that?
0: You know? I know when I when when my dad passed, I was working at this company and I remember like it was like the second or third week and they were like, all right, stop acting like this. Like they just wanted me to turn it off like a light switch. And I'm like, yeah. I am I remember sitting there in front of the HR lady and thinking, if I could, I would lady. Like if I could turn this pain off, I would do it in an instant, but I can't. Like I physically cannot stop feeling this way and it took years years before the pain actually started to subside and then you start to feel a little bit more guilty because now you're starting to be happy and you're like i shouldn't be happy because i should be mourning but i went down like a whole nother rabbit hole of like figuring out like what happens to us after death and and for me, like I went through like a whole bunch of stuff where people who have experienced near death experiences NDEs and they all say it's a beautiful, unconditional love on the other side. So I know that my dad is in a good place. And I always tell people it's not about like, cause I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not like, I'm ready to go, boo. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. (laughs) You tell me there's unconditional love and light on the other (laughs) side. I need that. Right. But here it's the people that are left behind that have to deal with the pain and, you know, the grief of losing you. And so that's one thing that like, I think about like, yeah, I would always ask God, just take me now, but how would my family cope without me? Just like, how would your children cope without you? It would have been a completely different life for them to grow up without their mother, you know?
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I can relate so much to everything you're saying. Even me, like I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go back to work. And so I was working for a company. I had an office and I literally cried every single day. I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just I, I can't. Um, yeah. and and just the 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 part of like not eating that you mentioned not eating like I like this is the biggest I've been like in my entire life. I was like I was gonna pay for this, but now, <laughs> so, like, but, like um. So I've always been so small, but like not eating any of that. And you just I I actually experienced a few times of like near death experiences. I had a just couple years ago I had uh, a hernia repair um, I was allergic to some of the pain medication and so I experienced where I was at like my breathing was at like a three percent
0: wow so, and
1: I can like see like it was like something you can see on tv so that studying near life, um, in life experiences and things like, like I did all that. That's so dope that you mentioned that. I'm Uh, I'm
0: totally interested in that. Yeah. I'm totally interested in, in all of that because I really was worried about my father. I was worried about where did he go? Like you said, your dad was in and out of jail. Like my, my dad was an alcoholic. And so you know, you grow up thinking, especially in the church, like if you're a bad person, you're going to hell. And even though my dad was an alcoholic, I was like, there's no way he could be there. Like he is a loving man. Like he was a great father for the, with the tools that he had, he was a great father. Mm-hmm. And so like, I went down this whole rabbit hole because I would stay up like at night worried about him, like really worried about him. And like, <sighs> feeling like he was in hell being tortured by Satan, and all kinds of things. And, and I was just like, I can't, I can't like fathom that for someone who I loved so dearly and was my father. And so I started to do a lot of research about near death experiences and what happens to us when we die. And the fact that, you know, we are energy and energy never ceases to exist. And, I, I had so many great revelations and, and it was almost as if God was telling me he's okay. He's okay. He's with me and I have unconditional love. And And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that here in the human flesh, we have conditional love. So if you did something, I'm not going to love you. If you hurt me, I'm not going to love you. If you say this, I'm not going to love you. And and then even though we say, oh, we have unconditional love for our children or our husband. No, if my husband cheats on me, bye, boo. <laughs> you know, or, you know, if our children like irritate us at that moment, we have this, you know, but God has (laughs) unconditional love, meaning we can't do anything to escape his love. And I tell this about the book, The Untethered Soul. He says it like the sun shines on everything. It doesn't say, oh, you owe me because I shined on you yesterday. No, it just shines on everything. So if you come out of the darkness the sun is going to shine on you. That's how God is. It doesn't matter what you did in the darkness. God's going to love you no matter what. So for me, I have this amazing just feeling of like, I'm I'm good for whoever leaves. I have this whole new respect about death. And I do want to love on the people that are still here as much as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, it still doesn't matter if you expect them to die or don't expect them to die. The grief process is still the same, I think.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I feel that, and we have so many similarities. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had an uncle literally who passed away on the 18th. Mm -hmm. His brother passed away too, which was my uncle passed away two years ago. So it was like, what? Brothers, like on the same day. And then the miscarriages that I had, and just grief, grief after grief, like that and that, we're in a pandemic, Well, yeah. not, you know, but so much. But I think for me now, I'm at a place where I am, I'm starting to feel a lot the acceptance stage. Like instead of me wanting to die or me not wanting to let things go, I'm just at a place where I'm going to enjoy the things and the people that I have now in my life and enjoy myself. Um, I Also with that, I realized that I was grieving myself. Like, I lost myself in being a helper and caring for my father and caring for my children, my husband, clients, work, you know, that I lost me. And so I can't say that I'm okay. Like, I'm ready to end it all now when I haven't even realized my full potential. Ooh. Like, I haven't realized who God has called me to be. And mm-hmm. I'm, every day I'm learning that. But I just feel like right now in my life that me being able to be a blessing to other people to share when I'm having a hard moment because sometimes I have hard moments. Like I'm, I'm my grandfather, who I am his sole care person. Um, so experiencing that, like I gotta watch him again, and then I, I realize I get to be with him again. Mm-hmm. So when I'm changing that mindset, that I get to experience this again, but from a different perspective, not from a hurt perspective or angry perspective. I get to have these last moments with you. I get to enjoy this time with you because, you know, he's my second daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just really just appreciating life like right now, right where I am. Yeah. That has been huge for me right now.
0: And I honestly believe that like we go through these trials so that we can help others. You know, you're a coach. I'm a coach. And I don't think that I would have been able to hire a coach that didn't go through childhood trauma or didn't understand, like, there's so many people that try to understand what I went through. Like, I remember I had this therapist who was like, you know, I was trying to tell her all the things that my mom did. And she was like, yeah, you know, my mom had a horse whip on the wall. And I'm like, it's not the same. (laughs) So just because your mom had a horse whip on the wall doesn't mean she actually hit you with it and doesn't mean that you actually got tortured the way I did. So not the same, not the same. Right. So, I mean, I think that we go through these trials and we go through these pain points in our life so that we can like rise from it and then be able to help others like, hey, look at me, I did it. And if I could do it and I went through the deepest, darkest pain pit I could ever be in, then you can do it too. And so it gives you a lot more empathy for your clients and compassion for them because you truly understand the pain that they're going through.
1: Oh, most definitely. And we don't, sometimes I tell some of my clients too, that grief not only affects you emotionally or physically, it affects you financially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like it's been six years but like getting my finances and those things in order because you don't realize how when you're in survival mode like I yes. feel like I've been like even before my father passed away just being in survival mode like I didn't I'm an only child so I was pretty spoiled Brett. but then I had a father in and out of prison and I had a mom who worked all the time so buying you things like that was the way that we spent time but that emotional connection. So I had unhealthy relationships growing up that were very toxic and I had to rid myself of those. But that guilt and grieving who I was and who like I said, who I was called to be, like those things hit you different. And so being mm-hmm. able to relate to people and say, well, no, this is didn't start when this person passed away. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's yes. look at maybe your childhood. Let's look at your teen years or your young adult years when People that were supposed to be there to support you and comfort you, they weren't there. So you had to figure out how to do those things on your own. Those are things that I experienced, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that loss, like, triggers the feeling of loss when you were a child. You know, like Mm -hmm. you said not having your parents or not having the love or not having the encouragement, it triggers all these old childhood wounds. And so now not only are you grieving the loss of a loved one, but you're grieving the loss of either your innocence, your childhood, your teenhood, the bullying, whatever. Um, so there's a lot of like healing that needs to be done. And, and it's time to look at all these triggers and see what it is about me that needs to change.
1: Right? Most definitely. And that's the scary part. Because we're all like, <laughs> <laughs> See, like, there was some. Um, just recently, I've been seeing a lot of people on, on TikTok talk about like healing. Like, we talk about oh, healing, and I'm happy and wellness. Healing hurts, yeah. Like, heck, like, you got to really look at yourself and really take accountability, not for jet, you know, not like we tell, like. We've, if we've experienced trauma or pain and things, people, things have done to us, but what about the things we've done to ourselves? Mm -hmm. What about, you know, not knowing our words? So we didn't make the best choices. Cause I know I didn't.
0: Yeah, I didn't (laughs) either. I know I had to go through this whole forgiving of myself because I didn't have the tools. You know, I learned on the fly. I learned on the go. I, I picked up, you know, different bad toxic habits because I didn't understand what love truly was. And so, because I grew up in like uh, you know toxic environment and you know abusive environment, that's what I thought. Well, this is how love is expressed. Um, and so many of us go through these like stages in our life where we accept toxic behavior because that's the only behavior we know. And it isn't until we realize, oh, this isn't this isn't the way people actually react <laughs> or talk to each other. And then you have to forgive yourself for all the things that you didn't know. I love my Angelo's quote is. You didn't know, but now you know. How, how's my Angela's quote? Do you know it?
1: I forget. I always said you, you do. <laughs> the thing that just reminds helps me is like, no, and you did the best that you could with what you knew. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's something like that. I no,
1: think it's no, kind of no. like when you know better. Oh,
0: here it is. When you know better, you do better. Do
1: better. Yep.
0: When you and know I better, said, you do better.
1: Yes, and I didn't know better, so not only was I accepting those toxic. You know behaviors and
0: treatment i was giving it out too like, mm-hmm.
1: me I'm too not, <laughs> I, was I was not, not innocent like cuz i was like oh that's how we play <laughs> <Like, laughs>
0: <laughs> me too i was not innocent i lost a lot of friendships um a lot of people could say really bad things about me and i yeah. had really bad behaviors because that was what I was taught. And I was emulated that by my parents and by my siblings. And this is the way we talk. This is the way we treat each other. And if you do this, I'll ignore you. I'll stop talking to you. I'll cut you off. It was just that toxic behavior. And I repeated those patterns. And, you know, being able to go through grief. And like you said, it's healing is painful. I call it the dark night of the soul. When you really just, you're at that point where you just can't take the pain anymore. And you truly do cry out to God and say, take me now. I can't, I just don't want to do this anymore. I I can't. The pain is too much. It's too overwhelming and you just want to check out. But really, like you said, there's, there's light after the pain. There's light after the darkness. There's something that God is pulling you through to really kind of like carve away all of that mud And wash away, wash you clean. I I love when uh, my my husband says this, he's like, maybe born again isn't about like saying a a special prayer and asking Jesus into your heart. Maybe born again is having to go through those dark nights of the soul and kind of pushing your way out and recreating your life and actually now co-creating your life with God in you know in your life and having complete and utter faith that he will get you through anything because he's got you through the rest of the stuff right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so. no, that is that is so true that's why um like releasing the light from within so and chipping away the darkness sometimes mm-hmm. we think it's like oh, we gotta take this whole big thing it's like no we gotta chip away at it because it's a yeah. lot it's it is heat. And you've been dealing with this or holding on to this for God knows how long. Say, I'm 43. There's some things from my childhood or teenage or young adult years that I have to start digging in because in order for me to have compassion for myself, I have to like open that stuff that I pushed aside. You know, just, for me, it's been easy for me, easier for me to forgive others for the things that they've done. But then I've beaten myself up. And just recently, I've had this aha moment like, girl, get your life. Like, how can you (laughs) forgive others, but you won't keep beating yourself up about the same thing?
0: Right.
1: Like, that's enough. Yeah.
0: It's (laughs) like, I, I tell my clients, these are like deeply embedded patterns that you have, you know, downloaded into your subconscious mind and you are just repeating them. Um, Arts of is on auto- autopilot. It's like when you learn the ABCs, tying your shoelaces, brushing your teeth, it's on autopilot. You don't have to like relearn the process. It's on autopilot. So all of your bad behaviors, all of your toxic stuff that you learned while growing up is embedded in you. So it's, it's, it's easy to reprogram your brain, but it's going to take Repetition, consistency, and you have to do it over and over. And sometimes it'll come right back because it's like you know, it's kind of like trying to turn the knob, but yep. the knob will always try to go back because that's their normal comfort zone. You know, that's your normal, and then you realize, oh, that's not me anymore. I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> right. I, I do the same thing. There are so many times where I there are some people that just get on my last nerve, and I think in my mind all the negative things I could do, and then and I'm just like, no, Payla, you're evolved. You can't do that shit anymore.
1: Who <laughs> oh, are you telling? Especially in these social media streets. And you got to right? be like.
0: I know you'll be commenting like, Ooh, I'm going to see this to them. And then you're like, nope, you're like, delete, and delete. <laughs> <laughs> right? Delete because you can't, I, and I, now I truly believe in the law of attraction and what goes out comes in what you reap. You sow it's in the yep. Bible, you know, what you put out, you get back. And so now I'm like, Ooh, I'm really like, I'm not trying to put out that negative toxic energy. I want to put nothing out, but love and light. Cause that's what I want back.
1: Exactly. Same. Like, I'm just like, black deletes. Black (laughs) deletes if if it's on social media and real life. I just am learning to really just put me first and loving life, you know, and this my smile and actually a smile that's not covering darkness or pain. Sometimes I have my moments and I'll share like I'm having a hard moment because. With grief, there's no end date, as much yeah. as we would love to say it is. I haven't experienced or known anyone that has said, oh, yeah, it ended. <laughs> no. Um, so just making sure that I am sharing love and life with people and sharing the, the bad times, because it's not always good times when you're dealing with grief and trauma and drama.
0: Yeah. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. And if you're listening to this episode and you are going through grief, um, hiring a coach is so much different than trying to do it with your friends and family. Because when I was going through my grief, I know a couple of my friends who literally stopped talking to me because they just couldn't talk to me anymore about my pain and my grief. And it's sad because you do become like this broken record. You just want to talk and express yourself and they don't want to hear it anymore. They really don't. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just like people have an adverse reaction to someone who is going through pain. Like they just can't handle it. You know, they, they want to be with you when you are in love and light and having a great time and just like on your happy vibrating frequency. But when you are in a low frequency, unless they are matching that frequency, meaning they're also going through grief or they're also going through loss, they don't want anything to do with you. And so if you are looking for someone like Farron Johnson, who is a grief coach who can help you, she will stand side by side with you and go through the dark night of the soul with you and help you look look forward. This is what people don't understand is that coaches are not meant to just be the person to filter all of your thoughts and anxious. And we're also trying to push you forward. You know, therapy, yes, go to a therapist if all you want to do is talk about your problems and just like over and over, you know, (laughs) ad nauseum, talk about the same problem. But as coaches, we not only push you for, we let you vent, but we also, prepare a plan and push you forward so that you can go towards the light instead of sitting in the darkness?
1: Yeah, most definitely. And that is, that is what I, I pride myself on with my clients like, oh, we can't just stay here, (laughs) you know, making sure that we're going to be a good fit. Um, I've even, so I've even tapped into some of my own thing, like creativity um, <laughs> with my apparel line that I have and like doing some crafting and stuff. And that's a part of me pushing through the pain, yeah. you know, pushing through to some greatness that maybe I haven't even tapped into yet. And that's what I... I would hope for clients as well is like, like you said, you can attend therapy because I, I attend therapy during this season um, because this is when I usually have the heaviest grief for my father. Um, mm. From now to the day after Father's Day, because. Well, that, that's when he had passed away. But uh-uh. this this time around has been, my therapist is like, girl, you don't need me. So now I have a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so my coach is like, here, let's tap into those things to push you forward. Like, what else can you do? So I think that is that is yeah. great words of wisdom.
0: And I love knowing that like our dads are our spiritual guides on the other side. You know, I always ask my dad, like, are you with me? And please show me you're with me. And I get like a beautiful white butterfly. That's like my symbol for knowing that he's with me. And, you know, I always like, you know, just talk to him because energy doesn't cease to exist. So he's with me and he's, he can actually like show me that he's with me. I believe that some people may not believe it, but that's your choice.
1: (laughs) Oh, I believe it too. But before I believed it, it was bad, you know. But then when I started saying, wait, he even when he wasn't with me or he couldn't talk to me because he was in prison or something, like
0: mm-hmm. I knew he
1: was with me. And we had this connection that was like crazy. I'll I'll just share like he I he lived with me until like three days before he passed away. So I moved him to hospice and I woke up screaming and crying. My was like, what's wrong? I was like, something's wrong with my daddy. So mm-hmm. like I call and they said, how did you know? Like how, how did you know? Like he failed because he thought he could go yeah. to the bathroom on his own. But like, and they just like, we've always had this. So like, why can't I still, and I had to like say that to him. I was like, why can't I have that now? And so he shows me signs or I kid, you know, I'll just feel, oh, I need to go this way or do this. Cause we've always, even as a child, I'm like, daddy, don't go make that choice. Yeah. Did to jail? What did he do?
0: <laughs> it's like, that intuition that, that, within okay. us. I think okay. that intuition is like a guide, a guiding <laughs> force. And I think that they can easily guide us still from the other side and help us become successful and happy and full of abundance. So as we wrap up this episode, uh, Farron, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening right now?
1: It would be the thing that I say a lot is that life is going to be hard. You are going to lose friends. You are going to, you might even have lost yourself, but you have it in you to be all that you were created to be. Like mm. you have to keep going. I always say, and I have a a, pair of, a t-shirt line that says like, it's okay to not be okay, but giving up is not an option. You got to keep going.
0: Ooh, yeah. I love that. It is okay to not be okay. And even as coaches, we even have our bad days. You know, we have our bad days. We have to work with our own tools. I love that earlier in the episode, you said I started writing post-it notes because this is a tool that you teach your clients. And sometimes these tools worked for us in the past. This is why we became coaches. So, right. And now we're using them again. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you again for being on Journey
1: of a Fearless Female. Thank you for having me. This is great. How can my audience find you? Um. So I am on TikTok as Coach Farron. I am on Instagram and Facebook, Evolution of a Black Butterfly.
0: Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram, at fearlessfemalepodcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye.